with the miracle of electronics, a presidential candidate can now see himself as others see him. I'd like your specific feelings on this matter. Hey everyone, welcome to the ninth episode of Spoken Word with Electronics. The title for this episode is Those Weird Dirty Records in Our Parents' Closet, a tribute Specifically, this will be a cautionary celebration of the indecent Jewish jokes of Belle Barth and my early love affair with her. One of the uh, nicest things about electronics to me is good clacky keys. Love that sound. Or switches. I'd like to discuss bad neighbors, or our perception of odd people in our neighborhood. When I think about these people, my first reaction is, what kind of records do they have? I'll tell you why. Back in the 1970s, strange neighbors were even weirder and flat out less predictable than they are today. I was five in 1979 and by that time in my five years I'd seen plenty of weird neighbor activity. These weird neighbors had kids and it felt like there were no connections to be found with any friend I made. I surmised at the time this might be because I was Jewish and they were not. At least it explained my loneliness. I grew up in Aurora, Colorado, which is a suburb on the city edge with Denver. It's now a mecca with a pot dispensary that used to be a McDonald's. They kept the drive-through and a big light rail station that'll take you anywhere in town. But at the time, it was a dust bowl with four playgrounds and a 7-Eleven. Aurora was a beacon for incredible sunsets and freedom to go and do whatever I liked. But, not knowing how good it was, it felt like an artificial community. Its water source wasn't even a real body of water, it was a reservoir called the Cherry Creek Dam. Sure, there was some unbelievable nature and a constant wash of sun that is the envy of much of the world. I think it gets more sun than Hawaii. And it has the mountains in constant view, along with four perfect seasons every year. If you grow up in Colorado, Especially if you're born there, all this, be- all this beauty is fairly common, no matter how magnificent. Wait. If you grow up in Colorado, especially if you're born there, as I was, no matter how magnificent the views or the feeling of life, it can all be disregarded. So the mountains became second nature to you. Our front yard had one amazing view of the mountains and downtown Denver, but the backyard, facing east, had an amazing view of undeveloped nothingness. I was told this was a view of Kansas, and it always felt much more immense than the dense view of the mountains. Kansas felt endless. So there I was, age five looking out into the endless abyss of Kansas emptiness and pondering the deepest of questions. Like, when am I gonna make a new friend? 
pretty annoyed. If you're Jewish, you'll realize quickly that you're different than other white kids. They find you annoying, and making another Jewish friend can be a comfort. So through some searching, I finally found a Jewish kid in my elementary school. My parents were born in Philadelphia, New York, and they had relocated to Denver in the late 1960s to escape being Jewish. We did not take part in any temple. We were very private. More specifically, I think they wanted to raise me and my brother in a space that had no Jewish harassment. Perhaps it was a 1960s idea, but they weren't hippies. My dad has some weird stories that kind of justify this idea of just not being publicly Jewish in particular, as he was born before World War II and dealt with some awful hatred in the 1940s. By that point, my dad's family had moved to Miami Beach, and some kids had haunted him when he was there. A uh, terrible story he told me about being 10 and being chased into the Atlantic Ocean by teenagers. One of them holding a knife and being told to swim back to Europe. That was Jewish harassment that I never encountered. Though Denver did have its issue with the KKK during my time in high school. Jewish harassment can also mean harassing other Jews. And so when I mentioned I'd made a Jewish friend, my parents asked me who this person was. I'll change the names for this story, but let's call my friend Mendel, and his family was the Gefiltas. Mendel Gefilta, I told my dad. Of the Gefiltas? Asked my dad, rather rhetorically. This was during dinner. So while he grabbed a spoonful of green peas to drop onto my plate, and under our yellow dinner table bulb with the fake Tiffany sconce, I don't like his father very much, said my father. And my mother concurred. This is what I meant about anti-Jewish harassment. This is what I mean about anti-Jewish sentiment of other Jews. They permitted the friendship, but suggested I operate with caution. Though my mother added that I should have another Jewish friend, and it was good. Maybe they could have a daughter one day, and I could get married. She suggested. Mom liked to forecast. Mom liked to tell the future. Mom liked the plan. The Gefiltas were, to me, an amazing family. Mr. and Mrs. Gefilta had decided to have children late in life. So to my five-year-old eyes, both of the parents were old. 
I can only place them halfway between a grandparent and a parent on the age scale. I got in pretty well with the family and one day I found myself at their dinner table and me being able to spoon my own green peas onto my own plate. I like your father, Mr. Gefilte told me. Tell him I say hello. Mr. Gefilte was a salesman, I would later learn. But they were just awesome people. Later that night, I was hanging out with Mendel in his bedroom and his older brother, who was eight, came in. I got it, he said. They had decided they were going to initiate me into a gefilte custom. I was going to hear the Belbarth comedy record. <laughs> <laughs>